Welcome to New Heart Church. How you doing? Are you excited to be at church this morning? Come on, church family. So glad you're here. If you're here for the very first time, we're so glad that you're here. Give a huge, huge, huge shout out to all of our first time guests. So glad that you're here. So glad that you're spending Sunday uh, with us. If you're wondering, we're not always in uh, the family room, but uh, we are actually doing some uh, some changes to our main sanctuary, which you will all be uh, seeing next Sunday. How exciting is that? So next Sunday, and that's uh, that's a part of our Heart for the House initiative. So uh, so all of us who are giving this morning, uh, that's going to go to that. And, uh, and also, I, I know Pastor Adrian and Courtney uh, talked about our local uh, Christmas party for um, local families here uh, in our surrounding areas. And I just want to highlight that again, um, that your giving this morning, as we give to Heart for the House, is going to families and needs that are very felt right now. Uh, there are families that for uh, a myriad of different reasons um, uh, Christmas is very difficult for them, and um, and and, and diff- difficult for uh, kids, and and uh, and we're gonna step into that gap, and um, and we're gonna blow their minds. It's gonna be awesome. I I mean, just so incredible. Uh, all the things that we're gonna be able to give. I mean, we're gonna have uh, kids. That, they are going to get a huge red sack full of toys and gifts. I mean, it's. It's incredible. For those of you who have done this with us before, you know how incredible it is. Like, I'm not overstating. It is the highlight of my Christmas season to see kids and and actually to see moms and dads think we weren't going to be able to do this this year. But because a church stepped into the middle and said, we got this, we're going to take care of this, don't worry about it. And uh, I'm just so grateful that we have a church that we're able to do this for family after family after family. Uh, we were uh, planning on doing five families, but then they gave, uh, they're like, we actually have seven. And so we're like, we'll take all seven families. And uh, so um, it's going to be incredible in here. I- I'm just telling you, uh, th- so so the giving that we're, uh, we're being a part of this morning is going to directly affect so many families and not just their Christmas. We're going to give them a $200 gift card for groceries afterward. Uh, I mean, it just, you know, so we're really going to try to uh, make sure that they just feel uh, not only like they had a great Christmas, but even more importantly, that people have been praying for them and we don't even know their names, uh, that we've been believing for them and, and um, that we care about them um, and we don't even know their names. And what that, hopefully what they see from that is that God saw them way before they thought that they needed anything or they were going to have this hard time. God saw them. And, and, not does, and, and, and just reminding ourselves that God just doesn't see some people in trouble. He sees all of us all the time. No matter what we're going through, no matter what we're fighting against, no matter what might be creeping into our life, God sees you and he sees me. And that should give us confidence and it should give us an understanding that God is not going to just let you. I love that song that we're singing this morning that I'll never, I'll never walk alone. I'll, I'll, never, I'll never be abandoned. That is God's banner over you and over me. And, and so this morning, if you would, let's all pray and we're going to jump in and talk. Father, we thank you this morning for what you've already been speaking to each and one of our hearts. Father, I thank you. For everybody who's watching online at this moment, our online family, Father, I thank you for everybody who is here in the room. God, I'm I'm praying for uh, people maybe who came for the very first time. God, I pray that they would feel welcome, and Father, I pray that they would hear something that would not just make this another Sunday, but God, this would be a new Sunday for them, a new start. Father, I thank you that you are speaking, God, that we don't have to make up your words. You're already speaking, God, and let us hear them for what they really are. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said, come on, everybody said amen. Amen. Uh, I, um, I entitled this message, I'm Not a Survivor. I'm Not a Survivor. If you're taking notes, you can write that down. I'm Not a Survivor. Uh, you can follow along, you version if you are, if you're, like your own notebook, you can 
Write that down. I'm not a survivor. Last week, um, our family got hit with this satanic sickness. I don't know what's going around. It's nasty. And uh, so we, we weren't even able to be in church last Sunday. And, and so, you know, and um, so we're all still kind of getting over it. And, um, and we're not contagious, okay, for those of you who are like, oh, great. No, we're not super spreaders. Um, we're careful. But, I mean, we're just trying to get through it, man. Like, like uh, it, it just, you know, especially, like, when you're sick and then your kids are sick, there's a special kind of crazy that happens in your house where you're just trying to get through it. Like, I, I, at one point, um, I, I was scared to sneeze because I didn't know what was going to come out of where. <laughs> so, you know, you're just on, you know, you're, you're on high alert at any point. And so, you know, and then, and then when the you know, kids aren't feeling good and, and they can't, uh, you know, get it right, you're just trying to get through. And then when you start, I don't know if some of you have kids, uh, you understand this. Uh, thought process, but uh, when you're in that kind of mode, uh, it's only the bare necessities that get taken care of, right? The dishes pile up, you know what I'm talking The stuff gets thrown, uh, there's clothes, the dirty clothes, no, they're just thrown around like, hey, listen, we're just trying to survive. I'm just trying to get through this because uh, I, I don't care about this thing. I don't care about this other thing. I don't care that the house is dirty. I don't care that it looks like a war zone. I don't care that, that uh, my kid has pulled out every single toy that they've ever had in their life and thrown it all around the house. I don't care. I'm just trying to survive. I see three of my kids when I'm just looking at one. I'm just trying to get through it. You know, you got the sweats and everything. And, 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 and that's fine for a, a bit, but when you live like that, when you start, like, moving from it's just a moment to now I live in survival mode, what happens is your future starts to erode because vision for the future starts dying because all you care about is surviving. I... I don't know how many times I've heard, I just got to make it through this season. I just got to make it through this Christmas time. It's just busy. I just got to, okay, uh, okay, so uh, can we all stop lying to ourselves? It's busy all the time. So the excuse of living in survival mode, it might seem like it's good to us. But what it does is it stops you from seeing future and, and you're only thinking about right now and you're not thinking about what could be and what could happen because you're in this thing called survival mode and you start losing your vision. God always wants us to have our vision be way ahead of where we're living now. God always wants your vision to be way ahead of where you're living now. God always wants you to be looking in the future, not just living in the future, but looking in the future. Because living in the future means you never can be where you need to be right now. But looking in the future means you have vision for something ahead of you. Looking in the future means that you're living for something bigger than where you are right now. Looking for the future says that God has something for me that I might not have right now. And I know it might be tough right now, but I'm living and looking into the future because God has vision that I, I want to have vision for my life. Acts 2.17 is so important. It's talking about Joel right here. Acts 2.17 says this. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see what? Visions. And your old men will what? Dream deep. That means that there is no statute of limitations on God's vision for your life. Old, young, doesn't matter. But what I want us to see here 
is that when the Spirit of God gets involved in your life, come on, church, I, I hope you can see this. When the Spirit of God is involved in your life, the byproduct of it is dreams and visions. When the Spirit of God is act, actively moving in your life, the byproduct is seeing something in the future. The byproduct is having vision for your family. The by, byproduct is having a vision for your job. The byproduct is having a, a vision for your business. The byproduct is having vision for your kids and your marriage and relationships and being able to have vision and dreams for things you don't see right now. But you have something on the inside of you that starts burning, not because you are this visionary, because the Spirit of God. God is living inside of you. And when you have the Spirit of God living, come on, church, when you have the Spirit of God living in you, you can't help but dream. You can't help but have vision. You can't help but see a new business. You can't help but see a new relationship. You can't help but see God doing this whole new thing. What if, what if, what if? Because the Spirit of God is moving on the inside of you. The Bible said, I'll pour out my spirit, and your young men and women will have visions. And your old men and women will dream dreams. So if that stopped, it's not because, oh, maybe I'm not supposed to dream anymore. Maybe I'm just supposed to survive. It's, it's, not any, it's because you have quenched the Holy Spirit in your life, and you've turned off that faucet in your life, because once you ask God, let the, God, give me Holy Spirit activity in my life, guess what the byproduct is, dreams and visions, future, something better than what you are at now, so you can have vision for your kids, you can have vision for your family. Have vision for your financial future. Have vision. Come on, have vision for this church. Have vision. For, come on, have vision for homelessness, the homeless population. Have vision for people that are in broken relationships and broken families. Have vision for, uh, you just start seeing things differently. Instead of just living in survival mode. I love the scripture, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14. I want to read it in the message. It says, when I think of all this, I fall to my knees and pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and earth, and I pray from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through this spirit. Then Christ will make his home in, his heart, in, home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down deep in to God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand as all God's people should. How wide, how long, how high, how deep his love is for you. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Now all glory to God, that's what I want us to see, who is able through his mighty power at work within us, to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Infinitely more than you might ask or think. What are you asking for and what are you thinking of right now? God can do more. What are you asking for and what are you thinking about right now? Come on, church. God can do more. Whatever you've asked and whatever you thought about, God can do more. God, God has something bigger than we could ever hope, dream, or imagine. And he wants us to live with that kind of vision. But when you have the survivor spirit, vision goes out the window. I'm just trying to survive in my marriage. I'm just trying to survive in my job. I'm just trying to survive during these toddler years. Uh, I'm just trying to survive right, right now. 
financially, it feels like we don't have it. I'm just trying to survive. <laughs> and you live with that survivor's spirit too long. And your vision starts to die. And the vision that God has given you starts to die. And you start backing away from that. And this is why I, I, I want to point to David here. This is why David was so good at pointing out, what, what, why is no one living with vision? We, we, most of us have heard the story of David and Goliath, but I, I want you to see this with the eyes of vision. Because Goliath was this huge, giant, war-like man who was going to fight Israel and was hurling insults to Israelite, and, and David heard them as like, what in the world is going on? Because it takes one person with vision to step into a room with 100,000 other people with no vision, and the one person with vision says, this ain't right. What, what's going on? And I'm praying our church has that kind of vision instead of a survivor spirit that runs and hides when a giant yells. It says, I'm just trying to get through this season. I'm just trying to survive this moment. I, I'm just trying to, to hunker down and maybe I can get, God doesn't want you to hunker down. He wants you to stand tall with the spirit of God on the inside of you and say, this isn't right and what's happening in my family isn't right and what's happening in my relationships isn't right and what's happening in my health isn't right and what's going on in my mind isn't right and what's happening with relationships is not right. I'm not trying to survive. I'm going to live through this. 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 24. David heard all this stuff. And he sees the Israelite army running. In fact, it says, as soon as the Israelite army saw him, talking about Goliath, they began to run away in, in what? In what? In fear. Have you seen the giant, the men have? Have, have? have you seen my relationships? Have you seen my bank account? You'd run around, or you want, you'd run away in fear. Have you seen the history of broken relationships in my life? You, you can put whatever giant you want to. Have you seen my health? Report that's come from a doctor. Have you seen my anxiety when no one else is around? H have you seen that? He said, have you, se have you seen the giant, the men asked. He comes out each day to defy Israel. The king has offered a huge reward to anyone who kills him. He will give that man one of his daughters for a wife, and, and the man's entire family will be exempted from paying taxes. And David asked the soldier standing near nearby, what will a man get for killing this Philistine? And ending his de defiance of Israel, who is this pagan Philistine anyway that he is allowed to defy the armies of the living God? That's somebody who speaks with vision to a room full of survivors. What is going on? See, when the only when the only plan is to survive, the only voice you hear is fear. When the only plan is to survive, the only voice you hear is fear. And so we've got too many people who believe in God but believe in their giant way more. And we have too many churches that say that God is all-powerful, but live like their giant is all-powerful. And we have too many people who are okay with getting the scraps from a table and living underneath a rock and having no light and no life, but man, I, at least I got oxygen. But that's no life that God wants you to live. 
but you think that's the only life that you're able to live, so you will hunker down, and you're good at taking shots, but you won't give any, and you won't stand up and fight for the things that you know you should fight for, and you don't know how to be a man in your own house, and you don't know how to be a woman of God in your own house, but you know how to take a shot, and I'm praying that we stop being survivors and start looking at life with vision-colored glasses and saying, why is my life like this, and why are things like this, and why does my city look like this, and why is there so much depression, and why is there so much anxiety, and why is there so much fear when the Spirit of God lives on the inside of me, and wherever I go, I don't care if I'm getting gas, I don't care if I'm stopping out inside of a store, I don't care if I'm walking into this or that, the Spirit of God walks in before me and walks behind me, and I'm wondering why it feels so dark in this room because the Spirit of God is walking with me. I am not a survivor. This is what David walked into. This is why everybody else is like, what is wrong with this kid? Nothing was wrong with him. He was just living with vision. But we're so used to not living with vision that we look at people with vision we, and we say the same thing that Joseph's brothers said to Joseph. Oh, here comes the dreamer. Oh, here comes the dreamer. Let's kill him. And, 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 and what you're doing is you're missing a point where you got to live with vision and dreams because the Spirit of God is working on the inside of you. David, as he's trying to understand all this, he's wondering why these guys are running and why they're not fighting because they're an army. But when you have a survivor spirit that lives in your life for so long, you stop fighting. And some of us have stopped fighting. We've stopped fighting for our churches. We've stopped fighting for our jobs. We've stopped fighting for our family members. We've stopped fighting for our own mental health. We've stopped fighting for our own peace in our life. And we think that we're only supposed to survive this anxiety instead of kill it and live a different life. But we live too many lives just filled with survival mentality. I just got to I just got to make it through. I just got to make it through. Good. The devil would like you to live like that for the rest of your life. Keep your head down, keep your mouth shut. Don't try to rock the boat. Don't try to start anything. Just keep out. Hopefully you get through it with your family intact. Hopefully you make it through this life. You can live 70 odd years and not make a mark on this universe because you will not stand up and be the visionary that God has called you to be. You will not be the church that God has called you to be because you're trying to survive something that God wants you to kill. God wants you to stand up and be the person that God has called you to be. Not just survive. Not just stand back. Not just sit in the back of the bus and say, I don't know where it's going to go. It's fine. Just, I'll just ride as long as I can ride. And so many people just think, I just got to get through this inflation. I just got to get, like the government has anything to do with you thriving in your life. When did the government have the keys to my life? When did that ever happen? I never gave them the key. God took those a long time ago, and he's got them on lock. I'm not going to live broken down and on my knees, and hopefully I can make it through. Jesus didn't die for you to hide under a rock. Jesus didn't die for you to live a small life. He asked you, can you just let the Holy Spirit work inside it? He says, you'll start dreaming. You'll start having vision. You'll start dreaming something. You'll start seeing something again. You'll start seeing a problem that needed to be fixed. David did. Who's going to kill this dude? Well, you guys all got sores and you got all, I got cheese. 
I came with sandwiches, but I'll kill him. I'll take him out. Somebody living with vision. Lord, have mercy. I haven't even got through half of this. Um, there, uh, no, see, when you clap, I'm like, yeah, let's go longer. This is bad for everyone. <laughs> the encouragement just spurs me on. The, uh, um, I, I remember this so clearly. I used to, um, my first job as a pastor, I was a youth pastor. And so I hung out with junior high kids. And that'll mess you up that, for a long period of time. Um, and so I remember a time where I was, uh, we had this huge bo dodgeball tournament um, in the um, D.C. Metroplex uh, that we were one of the sponsors for. Um, all these junior high kids coming. All, it was awesome. It was fun. It was great. And we had one of the teams that went pretty far. And um, oh, these junior high kids. And I remember at the, uh, the end of it, all, the, all our team got knocked out except this one girl. She was super small and skinny like a, like a spider monkey. And she just, you couldn't hit her. I mean, she was just, she was very, very thin. When she did, you know, when I do that, yeah, she didn't have, anyway. So she, so, so there, you know, everybody's throwing at her. You can't get her. And so I see her, she's in the corner, and she's jumping, she's running, she's running, and, and, and she's so good at dodging. But after a while, that's all she did. And they just kept throwing at her. She keeps dodging. And then she was like, when they throw, she was like, grab the ball, keep it down, and then dodging, and pretty soon... She had all, everything right here at her feet. And I was just yelling encouragement. So I just yelled out, you got all the balls. And then I yelled, you got all the spherical equipment you need. And then I said, go get them. And this little girl grabbed two of these rubber balls, screamed the meanest scream I've ever heard a junior high girl scream, ran at them, nailed two guys, got them out. The next guy uh, threw another ball. She caught that one. Another team member ran it. They won, like, right then. It was awesome. Everybody was going crazy. What I remember is that girl in the corner playing defense. And I'm thinking about our life and how all we want to do is survive. And some of you are so good at dodging, but you've never been good at running. You're so good at dodging, but you've never played offense in your life because you don't think you have what it takes. And here's the truth, you don't. But the Spirit of God has everything you need to take, run, not, not just to walk forward, run forward. Because David was like, let's get this thing going. Let's get the, and then, and then you have his, his brother who says, I know you shouldn't be here. In fact, this way he said, uh, when David's oldest brother, Eliab, heard David talking to the men, he was angry. And see, this is when you have the wrong people in your life. When you try to step out in vision and they get mad at you for it. If you have those kind of people in your life, you need to get out of those relationships. Because all they're doing is trying to put a lid over your life. Then he said this. He said, what are you doing here anyway? He demanded. What, what about those few sheep you're supposed to be taking care of? I know about your pride and deceit, you, you just want to see the battle. These are vision-killing statements that people would love to say to you. One of them is this, you don't deserve to be here. And some of you have heard that before. When you're trying to do the right thing and somebody says, you don't deserve to be here. You don't have the education. 
You, you, you don't have the talent. You don't have the family tree. You don't have the, the backstory. You, you don't have the things that are, are needed. You don't have the financial backing that you need. You don't have the thing. They, they, they will try to belittle everything inside of you because they want to stop the vision that God has given you. And so they say, what are you doing? No, no, no. You, you shouldn't be here. This is for other people. It's not for you. That is a lie from the pit of hell. Second one is this. You've never done anything significant. See what he said? Where, where are those few sheep? Where's that small job you should be doing? And that's a lie that tries to creep into your mind as well. You've never done anything significant. And, and you're not, we're not about to start now. And it chips against the vision that God has given you over and over again, the dream and the vision that God has given you. And then you can think, oh, what? never done anything significant. You've never done this before. Everything you've done is always messed up before. Have you, has any, anybody ever seen your track record? You have a terrible one. There's no reason you should ever believe for this again. And everything will try to chip away at the vision that God has given you. So you live small. Minimize your position to kill your vision. So you get thoughts like this, you're just a mom. Shut up. You're just a dad. You're just a father. You're just a husband. You're just a wife. Oh, you just work in that small business. You just. Those thoughts are from hell. Oh, you're just a teacher. Shut up. Oh, you're, you, you just work at this thing. You just do this thing. They try, and those thoughts try to minimize what you're doing at this moment. But I'm telling you, this is from the pit of hell. That's why Mark chapter 6, verse 3, that's why when people were talking about Jesus, what they said, then they scoff. He's just a... He's just a, don't let that just a live in your life. Kill that thing. Because it's trying to kill the vision that God has given you. Oh, we're just a church. Shut up. No, 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 no. We're the church of the living God that everywhere we go, the light of heaven goes. And so it's not just a church. It's not just a Sunday. See, this is why sometimes it's, it will get into your mind, oh, it's just another Sunday. I don't know if I need new. No, it's not just another Sunday. If you kill that just, all of a sudden, now vision gets to live in your heart and live in your life again. So now David is running. And Saul's like, okay, let's, let's, let's send him. Let's send him. 1 Samuel 17, verse 33, look at this. Or verse 32, actually. Don't worry about this Philistine, David told Saul. I'll go fight him. I love this. Don't worry about this. I got it. Don't, don't be ridiculous, Saul replied. No, no way you can fight this Philistine and possibly win. You're only a boy. He's been a man of war since youth. But David persisted. See, this is what I love when you have vision. You're like, okay, I'm going to keep pushing forward. I've been taking care of my father's sheep and goats. When a lion or a bear comes to steal a lamb from the flock, I, I go after it with a club. What? Does anybody ever read the Bible and go, what? Who, who, who runs at, I, I mean, I'm not running after no lion or bear. Maybe with a very large tank, not with a stick. No, seriously, like a club? What? 
I go after it with a club and rescue the lamb from its mouth. Hold on. So the lion had it in his mouth. You smoked it, and, and then you grabbed the lion. Okay, okay. David's crazy. Look at this. If the animal turns on me, I catch it by the jaw and club it to death. Okay, you're crazy. Like, you need to get up on out of here. I don't want to talk to you. The, look at, David had something on the inside of him that wasn't going to come out until there was a problem big enough that forced his vision to live bigger than that problem. I have done this to both lions and bears. I'll do it to the pagan fiddlestein too, for he has defied the armies of the living God. The Lord who rescued me. See, look, at he knows. He knows it wasn't me. The Lord who rescued me from the claws of the lion and the bear will rescue me from this Philistine. Past victories should turn into future vision. We, we don't live in the past, but we should draw from the past. We, we, don't, we don't live there, oh, remember when God did this and that? No, no, yeah, remember when God did this? That's why God will do that. And you start living with that kind of vision on the inside of you. You start understanding that that thing that God has put on the inside of you is so important to live. Don't let it die because you're just trying to survive. Let's stand to our feet. We're going to pray in just a moment. Um, when I take a moment, and I, I don't do this often, but um, because it's, it's uh, it, it can be so, um, so jarring. Um, but there's moments where I'll kind of like take, take in uh, the state of our culture as best I can. And you start hearing stuff. Morality is declining. We're a post-Christian nation. Family values are eroding. Homelessness is at an all-time high. Our borders are a problem. There's mental health issues that seem like they can't be fixed. There's, there's soul health issues that seem like there's always, they're always on the front burner. There's men who don't know how to be fathers and husbands. There's women who don't know how to stand tall and feel marginalized. There's racial divides wherever you look. political lines drawn like we live in different countries. And you, you start going through these and it sounds sounds a lot like giants. And I'm afraid that a lot of our churches when they hear all that stuff start yelling they start running from it. And the they get under a hill and they're like, we just got to survive this. But it's going to take a church. Come on. It's going to take a church. I'm praying that it's our new heart church. And there's awesome other churches that will take up this thought with us. 
that we will have vision for what could be. And I know that sounds like giants, but I also know that my God's voice is way bigger than those voices and that God can do immeasurably more than I ever ask or think or imagine. That greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. That God can do anything if we have faith to say, mountain be thou removed and thrown into the sea. God will do it. It is taking somebody with vision that has vision for your family, vision for your health, vision for your relationships, vision for people and that you work with, vision for people that don't know how much God loves them. Because I want, I, I want us to think about this sentence this way, this week. Thinking about David and those fights with a bear and a lion. He very well could have walked away from those and thought, wow, I'm so glad I survived those. Right? Okay, you guys all crazy? Wouldn't you think that for a second? So glad I survived a bear fight. I'd be telling everybody all the time. So, so glad I survived that fight. But see, if you, you walk around with that badge, what you start living like is a survivor. That, that all, all of your whole life is just about you surviving. Instead of understanding that God didn't allow you to survive a fight, he allowed you to pass a test. He, he didn't, you, you didn't survive a fight. You passed a test. And the great thing, when you pass a test, guess what happens? You get to go up. Go up another grade. You get to go up. There's more responsibility, more things when you pass a test. You didn't survive a fight. You passed a test. Stop walking around like a survivor. Stop walking around like, oh man, we just met, we just made it. I can't believe we got through it. No, you didn't survive a fight, you passed a test. And God has something for you. And David walked right into it. He said, yeah, I passed a bear, I passed a lion. Now, come on, giant, let's go. Because I passed a test. And I'm praying that we have that kind of spirit as a church. We're entering a new season in our church that I could not be more excited about. But it's going to take visionaries, not survivors. It's going to take a room of visionaries. Come on, church. It's going to take a room of visionaries. And you just can't have vision for your church. You got to have vision for your family. You got a vision for your job. You got to have a vision for your financial future. Because when you live with vision in one place, you live with vision everywhere. And I'm praying as we have a church, not survivors, but visionaries, we'll see what God could do and, and what God will do. And that's why this Heart for the House offering is, is so exciting to us. And Oh, hi. Hi, bud. You wanted to come up here? Oh, you're so cute. Um, you know, I look at, I look at Watson and, and Piper, and, and most of you would understand this with kids. You know, you're, you want to build something that outlasts you. And that speaks to legacy. And so church, when we're talking about Heart for the Houses, we're giving this morning. Giving vision of what could be. It's, it's not just about what we have right now. It's, it's about what will happen and what will be. And what generation will rise up next. Because we don't ever want to have a church that is good for one generation. We want to build a church that is good for generations. So we're always keeping one eye right here and one eye on the future. 
for what God could do. So we're going to pray as a church. And if you're here for the first time, we're so glad that you're in this, um, in this moment of heart for the house. Because, man, this is a great time for you to jump into this family. Before we pray, you want to say anything, honey? I was just going to say, I know we've been talking about a couple different things that are under the umbrella of Heart for the House, and um, and it can kind of feel like, what is this Heart for the House? Like, what does that actually mean? And I know you've said it multiple times, and you say it much more eloquently and probably more succinct than I will be able to, but it really is the funding that pushes the vision and the mission yeah, of our church absolutely. forward. It actually puts legs on our vision. And so what it means is we get to host and feed and provide for seven local families. It means that we get to fill the food pantries of Broken Arrow neighbors, not with our leftovers, but with the best and exactly what they need and make sure that they have awesome. everything they need awesome. for anyone that comes in contact with them. It means that we are able to actually be the hands and feet in our city and beyond. It That's means great. that we're able to serve churches in other countries. It means that we're able to um, help single parents here in our city. It means that we're continuing our adoption. It, it, all of these pieces, but it isn't because of one person or five people or 10 people. And it isn't actually even because of the weekly tithe. This is actually because of this offering. Yeah. It's this special offering that is able, allows us to actually say, you know what? We're gonna put legs on this. We're actually gonna walk out what we say. We say every story matters. Okay, I'm gonna sign the check that says every story matters. Awesome. And, and money can be so awkward to talk about, but I don't want it to be awkward to talk about because you know what? I wanna, I wanna be the most generous person in the room. Anywhere I am, I wanna take care of someone's bill. I wanna take care of someone's, whatever they need, I wanna help someone yeah. because someone helped me. Yeah. I don't know about you, but somebody helped me. And Absolutely. I wouldn't be standing here if someone didn't grab my hand and say, let me show you, let me help you. And so I'm thankful that I know it's not just us that yeah. feel this way and have that conviction to be like, we wanna be a church for our city. We wanna be a church for our world. And it takes every single one. It takes 100% participation to actually be able to wave this huge banner that says, we love people, we love God, and we want more yeah. people to know how much God loves them. But if it stays in this room, I mean, yes, it's amazing. Your lives are gonna be impacted. But we know there's so much more than this room. Yeah, there's so yeah. much more than people that would never actually come to our church on a Sunday morning. Yep. And we're going after those people. Absolutely. We want more people to know how much God loves them. We yep. want more people that could never understand that their marriage could be Christ-centered and don't even know yeah. what that means. Yeah. Yep. We want to help them. We want to shed some hope on people. And so I'm thankful that we get to, this is like my favorite, favorite Sunday. Yeah. So this week when I wasn't feeling good, I was like, in Jesus' name, I will be at church on Sunday. I was like, I don't care. Now I'm not contagious. I haven't had a fever, so I'm good. But even if I was, like I'm wearing a mask and I'll wear a shield and I'm going to go. He wasn't going to let me though. Um, but anyway, it's just such a special. You get mean when you're sick. And so I, I just wanted you, to keep everybody terrible. away from that. She, she, Okay, oh, I, oh, don't owe me. You're not in the room. I am not the best. I am an eight on the Enneagram, and I just decide I'm not sick. But yet I'm really yeah, sick. Yeah, that works out great. Yeah, that it doesn't work works out. out. Anyway, great. our marriage issues can stay not here. Thank you. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> the heart for the house, and it's just, and it's something as a family, like we've been talking about, we've been praying about, yeah. and I know that you know, you're the one that usually is the one speaking of it, but it's not just us. You've seen on social, you've heard different stories, you've seen different people talking about it, even in different connect groups and different things. Like, we're so thankful for every single one, every single one of you that has said yes, that has said, have prayerfully considered, what does this look like for our family? What does this look like for me as a single person? What does this look like um, as a teenager? What yeah, does this look great. like um, as even the next generation? Like we've been talking to Watson about what does that look like? And he wanted to bring all of his fake money from his cash register. Yeah, that's but illegal, you know what? Son. It's the heart that yep. counts, not if it's legal or not. <laughs> so anyway. Yeah, I, um, I, I just, I, I'm excited about all of these, you know, we've, talk to so many of you who are getting ready to give and we're going to have this open for the rest of the year too so this is just the kickoff of um of heart for the house and so if you already gave awesome um if you're giving right now amazing let's let's all pray over our gifts not just today but for the rest of the year father we thank you god for every gift that is being given god right now right here uh god to the the rest of the year god um 
so many miraculous gifts that are coming in right now at this moment. Father, we're thankful, God, for actual visionaries. God, we're thankful that we get to live, live with vision. Father, we're praying, God, that this morning, God, that you would find us wherever we are. And Father, I pray. God, even as we're giving, Father, I'm praying for those who came in with something heavy on their heart or heavy on their life. Father, I pray in Jesus' name, write them, write for them specifically, God, that they would feel the peace and the presence of God in their life. At this moment, God, they would feel you surrounding them. And God, they would feel you uplifting them. God, I pray in Jesus' name, God, for everything that's happening right here with these gifts. God, it's going to propel this church forward. Father, it's going to propel families forward. God, it's going to propel marriages forward. God, I'm thankful. It is going to see young people coming back to know you. Father, I thank you for generations that are going to be changed in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you for health issues that are going to be changed. Father, I thank you for families that are going to come back together because of your spirit and what you're doing. Father, I'm thankful, God, that we can see so many things of you moving forward in Jesus name amen 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 so thankful for this church family we love you all so much and like Ben said if you're here for the very first time this is a different kind of a service flow um, that we normally it's not our typical um, but you came at the perfect time this yeah, is the perfect absolutely. day to jump in this is the perfect day to see what the heart of this church is about and it is about generosity it is making people's story matter and it is loving people exactly where they are exactly where they walk in through the door we're so glad you were here this morning there are so many amazing things as you leave this morning I just want to say one last little plug Please take a bag and fill it with your family, with your connect group. Um, even take some to your work and see if anybody else wants to fill a bag this week. We're going to give all of those to Broken Arrow neighbors. And I just am like, have this crazy idea. I'm like, I want to give a thousand pounds of food this year Come on. for Broken Come Arrow neighbors. On. Like, can we do awesome. that? Like a thousand pounds of Come food. On. I don't know how many people that will feed, but... I'm like, wouldn't that be amazing to feed like 200 families this year in our city? Like, wow. come on, wow. like, let's go. And so that is because of you taking a bag today, taking some to your work this week um, and encouraging other people to be a part of it. I'm excited about it. So we bring them back December 18th, I think December. the 18th. Um, so you have a couple weeks. Um, sorry about that. Hit him in the face. Um, anyway, we love you so much, church, and we'll see you back next week. Love you all so much. And we'll see you back at our main sanctuary. Yay! Next Sunday is going to be awesome. It's going to be so much fun. Love you all.